Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Today, today's Zoom session will be handled by Ryan. Can we start the session, Ryan? Yeah, I'm having an issue with my camera. Just a moment. Okay. Are you? Am I coming in? Nora. Nora. Okay, I think we're good. Okay, we're good. We're good. No, we're good. Okay, fine. sorry. Sorry for the confusion, everybody. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Ryan Wilk. Uh, I'm a partner here at Ready and Newman PC. I'm deputizing today. Uh, Rahul is is out. Uh, I'm joined by my colleague, Janelli Garcia, who might hop in on a couple questions. So, Gayathri, if you'd like to go ahead and give it to the first caller, we'll go ahead and get started. Sure, Ryan. Surya? Hi, am I audible? Hi, Yes. Ryan. Okay. Uh, so, I have valid uh, H4 visa and uh, recently got my H4 EAD, but never used it. Uh, that is active through April, I mean, next year, April. And also currently holding uh, a stamped H-1B visa through another employer. Uh, so uh, in the meantime, like my wife, who is who is the primary H-1B holder, trying to change company, uh, trying to change the employer. So in this scenario, like, uh, 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 can I enter uh, United States uh, once the... H-1B transfer petition is approved using the current visa, using my current H-4 visa. You should be. I'll let Janelli answer that one. I think she's just hopping on. Yes, I'm here as well. Thank you, Ryan. So um, you confirm that you have a stamping on H-1B, but you also have your valid H-4 visa stamping, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, at I would wait until the transfer comes through for your, for your wife, for the new employer, mm-hmm. um, and then use that upon your, re- your re-entry. Technically, um, you wouldn't necessarily have to go for stamping again just because the employer changed for your spouse um, okay. it, since your stamping is valid. Um, okay. But definitely at the port of entry, you should, you, you should use the most recent approval notice for your spouse. Okay, so, so the mm-hmm. I-94 issued will be based on the, uh, the approval notice, uh, the mm-hmm. transfer approval notice. Yes, that's that's the one that's going to be dependent on. So just keep in mind that for H-4 status, it as long as your H-1B spouse or the principal has a valid H-1B, um, then you're you're able to use that dependent status as long as you okay. have your valid stamping. Um, just okay. make sure that your H-4 is still valid for you okay. to re-enter. Okay, mm-hmm. and will it, will it affect any of the H-4 EAD? Uh, 
will this H1B you, transfer? You've never, you've never worked on your EAD, correct? Yes, I never worked on EAD, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, um, you, if you want to maintain your H4 status while in the U.S. and you would like to start using your H4 EAD, it that's mm -hmm. dependent on your H4 status, which is dependent on your H1B. It's not necessarily going to be dependent on your H1B spouse's um, employer. Okay. So just Got as it. long as you're maintaining them and you extend them within the the validity period, you're you're good to use them. Okay. Got it. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. You're welcome. Siddha Venkat. Hello. Hi. Are you able to hear me? Yes. Okay. Hey, I have two questions. One is I applied 485 application for my green card um, in EB2 category. Um, initially, I applied, uh, it is a concurrent filing. And initially, I applied as regular uh, regular for uh, I-140. Once I got the receipt and I upgraded to uh, premium processing and it got approved and biometrics applied um, in June, July. And um, uh, like uh, I have question is like my question is I have two speeding traffic tickets and uh, my lawyers it is like um, less than $500. My lawyer said we need to mention that in my 485 application. So I did the mention them in 485 application, but he did he did not provide any documentation to it. And um, he did not say that, uh, he said like the tickets were closed. He gave the ticket details and it, they, he mentioned the tickets were closed, but he did not mention it is uh, less than $500. Um, and since it is very near to uh, year end, I just, and I did not got any RFE until now. I submitted my medicals with 485. I want to make sure that will be there any RFE for these uh, tickets. I just want to know your opinion on it. I, I would be really surprised. Um, I think it would have to be an officer who might have been a little bored and wants to just see some more things in your record. Uh, traffic tickets, they're, I mean, everybody gets them, and those aren't things that um, call into question your admissibility as a green card holder. Um, as long as the tickets are essentially taken care of and you don't have warrants out for your arrest for not having taken care of those tickets, USCIS isn't likely going to bother about that. Um, it really depends on the client for us or for me, whether we'll mention the traffic tickets. For me, it's better to just be open about it and say, hey, yeah, I got the traffic tickets. Um, if I need to provide the documentation, here it is. But on the other side of the, the coin, their traffic tickets, USCIS really doesn't care about them. Um, so it's good, my view, that you mentioned them, but I don't think that they're going to come back uh, with any RFE asking for the documentation. I mean, it, it's like speeding tickets, like you said, right? It's not like drunk driving or anything like that. So you should be fine. You're right. Okay. Thank you so much for all that information. And my second question is, um, my H-1B, current H-1B is expiring in November first week and my spouse is working on H-4 EAD. Um, and uh, if I do not get any response on my 485 application, so she will be, she uh, her H-4 EAD will expire in November. Uh, and if at all, if my H1, I already applied H1. So if my H1 is approved before November, since I cannot, we both cannot travel outside because my, we did not still get EAD or advanced payroll. Mm. So uh, is there any way to extend her EAD um, before, without going outside the country or I-94? I'll let Janelle answer that one. Janelle, is there an auto extension of the EAD, the H4 EAD, once you file the extension? 
as long as the audio extension will, yeah. Can you hear me okay? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, as long as the H4 validity period is valid beyond the current EAD validity period, then you can you can qualify for the auto extension. The auto extension is going to apply where the EAD expires before the H4. As long as you file the EAD extension before it ex before its expiry date, you'd be eligible for the automatic extension with work authorization from the day after your EAD expires until either 540 days or until your H4 expiry date, whichever one oh, is sooner. So even H4 is in processing, uh, will that EAD will auto extended if the H4 is, uh, decision is not yet come? No. So, I mean, unless your, unless your current H4 validity period is still, let's say, 2023 oh, yeah, current, January. Oh, okay. Current H4 is valid until my H1, that is November 2022, right? If the decision okay. doesn't come before, uh, means H4 decision doesn't come before November 2022. And uh, if, yeah, and we already applied H4 and H4 EAD and mm -hmm. H1. So you applied with uh, them together, correct? Yeah, and my H1 is um, still in processing, but I'm waiting for this green card. If I do not get by September end, I'm going to upgrade my H1 to premium processing so that my H1, I'll get a decision for H1 soon. So if uh, if the H1 is approved and H4 is in processing and H4 uh, current H4 will be ending November, uh, will she be automatically extended her EAD or not? It doesn't seem so in this case where they're filed together. So mm -hmm. um, they're they're going to basically be filed with the same expiry date, and it doesn't seem like the EAD would be would be. It doesn't seem like the H four is lasting past the the current EAD expiry date because it would probably the EAD is probably also currently November twenty twenty two as well, yes, correct? correct? Yeah. Correct. So in those situations where they have this the same expiry date, it's not going to qualify for automatic extension. Um, in certain situations, we would, um, if, if you didn't have the H1 pending, the, this is where potentially automatic revalidation could come in, where you take the, where you take a trip both together on your H1 and your H4 spouse. Um, but this is only the case where your H1B is, has been extended and has an extended validity period because the CBP officer could potentially extend the H4 validity period. And then, and then the H4, I-94 is technically longer than the EAD, November yeah. 2022. And uh, then you, yeah, you would just I, file the EAD again. Yeah, I, I, I thought of that, but the only option is like, see, I can upgrade it and get the decision soon for my H1 in September or, or October. The only thing is I cannot travel outside because uh, my advanced payroll is processing mm -hmm. under, so... If I travel outside the country, it will be denied. I mean, abandoned, right? Um, right, right. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise no, that situation the will be for fine. you. Take, take a step back. As long as you're traveling on the valid H-1B, you'll get back in. It won't do anything to impact your AP. And so, if you leave while the AP is still processing, as long as you have valid H-1B, you'll get back in. And coming back in won't do anything to to prejudice your your AP at all. Oh, okay. That is a good thing. I think that might be an option. If I get, uh, say, do not get my GC before end of September, I'll uh, 
uh, get my decision on H1 soon and we can travel and get a new I-94 for my spouse so that I-94 will be extended and she can, she'll be having automatic EAD uh, validations, right? I mean, extended 540 days rule efforts, right? Um, right. I would, I would recommend filing the EAD again, though, because again? filing it again based off of that extended H4. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. All right. You're welcome. Rupali. Hey, uh, thank you. Am I audible? Yes. Hi, uh, good, good evening. Um, I uh, had one quick question. I have received an RFE for uh, medicals from Santa Ana field office. Uh, though we submitted our medicals along with I-485 in April 2022. So the doctor mentioned that they'll be providing us a sealed copy of those uh, medical records. Um, so am I good to send the same records from April 2022? That's a good question. I would have them just to be safe. It's not worth it at this stage to try to save a little bit of money in terms of the doctor's fees. I would likely just get them done again, send fresh signed signature documents to them. For me, it's not worth the risk. You might talk to someone else and say, yeah, that's perfectly fine. For me, it's not worth the risk. It's a, you know, if it's $200, you pay the doctor to get the it done. That's that $200 is well spent versus having a silly 485 denial. So I would just say for me, go get them done again and then submit Absolutely. those to the field office. And because it's at the field office for me, that's a good thing. They're this close to approving the GC. And so that's just my view is get the new ones done, send them. And then I think you're in a good spot. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Deepak. Deepak. Hello, uh, thanks, uh, Ryan and Janini. Uh, I have a question around uh, automatic revalidation. Uh, so we are uh, Indian citizen with uh, expired visa stamping, but a valid H-1B I-797 uh, and a valid passport. So I'm flying, planning to fly into Mexico, uh, Cancun specifically, and come back for uh, I-94 extension for my wife. So I have two questions. One is, uh, do I need a Mexico visa to do that? And second one is, uh, I have a DS-160 and uh, visa stamping booked in India for next year around March. So would that impact if I uh, fly out of US to Mexico? You know? So yeah, so for the automatic revalidation, um, you don't, there's some situations where, where Mexico might not require the visitor's visa. Out of, abundance of, out of an abundance of caution, I would just go ahead and get one. Um, sure. if, if the issue, so automatic revalidation is only available within Canada or Mexico, Canada does require the visa, the visitor's visa. Right. So just out of an abundance of caution, go ahead and sure. schedule for that visa to be issued for your, for your trip. Um, as far as your your visit for next year being affected, I don't see how it could be affected with your travel. Okay. Um, sure. Yes. And then there's always a way to, to update your DS-160 if needed. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Greg. You're welcome. Sandeep? Hey, uh, this is Sandeep. So my question is, uh, me and my wife, we are working on EB3. GCAD and our priority date is September 2013. 
and my spouse is a derivative applicant but my wife she is having a eb2 eb2 and eb3 approved with the other employer already and a priority date for that eb2 is january 2014 so my question is here since she is derivative so can she apply for i145 application uh, transfer from eb2 to eb3 under yeah, so she law? can she can do sort of two things um i think one two options uh, mm -hmm. so let's say she has the eb3 through the current gc through company b let's say and those other two i140s those are from company a so let's right. make that supposition okay so what she can do through company b or her current company the current gc company is they can send a letter saying hey we've sponsored this lady for the gc she has the current pending gc but she also has an eb2 that's approved will you consider her under eb2 so you guys can submit a supplement j from her current company essentially asking for what's called the transfer of underlying benefit saying hey we've got an eb3 case going can you the government please consider her as an eb2 so that's one route the other route is that she can go back to this first i140 company the company that she has two i140s from they can do their own supplement j saying okay hey we're going to offer that eb2 job to this lady so transfer everything from the current gc process from that current company that she's with now to this to this company back to this company a and so she has two routes if it, let me ask you this what what is she more comfortable with does she want to stay with the current company or she may be be okay with switching to the old company yeah. so so ryan she doesn't have gc with the current company because she is working as a derivative so she, we got a gc ad right now so i'm the primary applicant uh -huh. she's derivative ah, is derivative so, but she's so, running her own uh, EB2 ah, you're trying to use her I-140s. Okay, I see. No, unfortunately, yes. she would need to file a 485 uh, mm. with you now as the derivative. Uh, if okay. you've knocked yourself out of H1 and H4 status, you can always get back yeah. in to take that step. But if you've started using the EADs maybe right now, you're not mm -hmm. in status. I mean, you're still fine and everything like that. But to do another 485, you have to get back in status. And so, yeah, to get back to your question, no, we can't link her old i-140s to your current case that's going on right now all right thank you thank you sir thank you monica monica we are unable to hear you can you hear me now yes you can go ahead yes okay so hi so we are planning to visit my family in netherlands and my uh, stamping will be expired uh, I would like to know what, I mean, if, if, can I be eligible to go for stamping in Amsterdam and what is the success rate of like approval? What are the statistics of the 221 gene? I'll, I'll let Janelle answer in a moment, but my, my view is that right now the third party nationals isn't, um, they're not giving them that much flexibility. Uh, so I don't know about the Amsterdam office. One thing that we have learned and I know this isn't anywhere in the neighborhood, but um, Nepal and Vietnam are, are happy for the third country. And it's a lot quicker than Canada, Mexico, India, for example. But I just don't know anything about the Dutch operations. Uh, so let me let me see what Janelli might know. But unfortunately, I just don't know anything about that office. I'm sorry. Yeah. In situations where um, we're unsure about the third party national stamping, I've actually reached out to the Denmark consulate this week for that same type of question. They reached out and I'm looking at their email now. Um, they'll accept 
third party nationals, but it's they have certain stipulations as to where documents are sent from to them. So and this is this is just Denmark for an example, but they specifically responded saying that they would only accept um, the embassy will only accept documents sent to them within the country of Ferrero Islands, Greenland and Sweden. So that might be a situation that Amsterdam has as well in terms of their policies of where they can accept documentation from for that third party national. Um, I would definitely reach out to that Amsterdam um, embassy or consulate to see what exactly they would accept. Um, and there, I, I received this response within two days. So they would have a, a relatively quick turnaround time for you too if you reach out. So in case if they accept, accept us, accept us, uh, do you know, have you, have you do you have any statistics of you know the success rate of approval or any two issuing 221 g or no anything? not at this time unfortunately okay okay that's my question thank you you're welcome thank you nohi shabnam hey uh hi our case is amended and uh, we got EAD, me, me and my husband, we got EAD in EB3 category. But the thing is, we are current now in EB2, uh, having a priority date of December 2013. So when we asked our lawyer, lawyer to apply a fresh I-140 for EB2 in premium processing, uh, she says she cannot do it. And the reason is, uh, we have to wait three months to file premium processing. Otherwise, it will be rejected because the new I-140 will not have merged with the original 140 file, which contains the original perm. So just wanted to know, like, what is the other option? Um, because uh, September is already approached and we just don't want to lose the time. Well, I agree with that attorney in part, but I think some other part you're going to be happy with. And so... Can you submit the second, I'll call a second case in premium? I would say don't do it. What I would say, submit it in regular. And as soon as you get the receipt notice, then do the premium upgrade. You don't need to wait these three months or anything like that. The worst that's going to happen. So, so say you sent it outright, everything in premium, they're going to reject it. If you sent it in regular processing, they're going to give you a receipt notice. And then you do the premium upgrade. The worst that happens then is they just send you the premium back, just the premium fee. And that's it. And what do I do as the attorney? I just send it right back until they get sick of me and they finally take it. They should be taking it on the first or the second bite of the apple. If it's the third or the fourth, you're not going to get in yourself into any trouble by doing it. And so for me as the attorney, we just keep sending it, sending it, sending it. I would say 80% is accepted on the first go around. That other 20% on the third or the fourth, they accept it. I don't have a single case where they haven't taken the premium upgrade. My view is that, hey, here we are giving you $2,500. You're in a budget crunch. You should be happy to be taking the money, USCIS. And so for you, I say, as long as you've got the receipt notice, tell your attorney, no, let's go for premium. So once premium processing is approved, uh, can we directly send the I-485 to the NBC? I-485J to the NBC? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I trust you're trying to do the transfer of the underlying benefit to go from the EB3 to the EB2 to like convert the, the 485 case? Is that what you're asking uh, about? That, right. It's an amended case. So I'm not sure whether we, are, we can do the TUB. Yeah, no, you can. Uh, the reason I would say you need to get this new I-140 approved is because you did an amendment. And so when you do an amendment, you did it EB2 amend to EB3 so that EB2 gets wiped away. 
Now you're going to recreate the EB2 with this filing that you're talking about. And once you got right. that approved, then you've got two I-140s, EB2, EB3. Then you can do the, do the TUB with the 485J. <laughs> that would be the best way. We should do 485J. Oh? Or we should do 485J. It's TUB with 485J, right? You can do a TUB without the 485J, but if you want to do it as formal as possible, do it with the 485J. You can do the, pro the TUB process with the 485J. That's really the only way that you can get a receipt notice for that. And that's just a little trick of the trade. But you can, if you just got the EB2 approval, you can send it to the NBC and say, hey, can you convert us? But doing it with the 485J, that's just a little bit more formal, right? And so I would do it with the 485J. If maybe the company is willing to sign it, if not, then, hey, don't worry about it. You and I, or your attorney, you, you can just send a letter and they'll take it as well. Just a little bit more formal if you do it with the 485J. You don't have to, per se. Should we do 485 brand new again? Should we do 485 brand new again? Do you want to spend the money? That's the question I would give to you. From a legal perspective, I don't think you need to. Having two 485s going, that's that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But for, for me, looking at your situation, you're probably going to get into EB2 anyways with no fees doing the TUB. Versus if you want to file another 485, hey, go ahead. That way you'll just be standing in two lines. It's an extra money out of your pocket. But from a legal perspective, I don't have a problem with just status quo or doing another 485. It's just a matter of whether you guys maybe want to take take the chance that they don't maybe accept the TUB and they keep you in the EB3 line. I think that's a very low percentage chance. But for me, I probably say you're okay. But if you want to do it, it's not going to hurt you. Um, I always kind of take the view that having two eight two four eight fives is better than just one. It's like having two lottery tickets. One of them is going to be approved before the other. So in that regard, yeah, do a second one. But Given what you've told me, I really don't think you need to. I don't think the money spent is going to get you anything more than what you've already probably got in front of you that you're waiting on anyways. Okay. So yeah, that, that's you. not a great question. It's really up to you. Do you want to spend the money on it or not? From a legal perspective, I don't think you need to. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. Yogesh? Hi, uh, hi Ryan and Janet Lee. Uh, so uh, I have uh, two questions uh, related to 485. So I uh, did a downgrade from EBT to EB3 in October 2020. Uh, in April this year, I filed a new 485 in EB2 uh, uh, and uh, both are pending right now. Uh, the EB3 case uh, has recently moved to uh, San Fernando Valley uh, field office. Uh, which is a non-local field office and uh, the EB2 case is still pending. Uh, so uh, right now I'm kind of unsure uh, what would happen next. Uh, like uh, I was also thinking of interfiling uh, trying uh, like try convert the underlying basis for the EB3 case since that is kind of moving forward. Uh, so should I do the interfiling or should I just wait and see what what exactly they're doing? Okay, so let me just reiterate so I understand the facts correctly. You have an EB2-485 and an EB3-485. And those are both right. from the same perm? Those are both from the same sponsor? Correct, yes. Okay, yes. okay. Uh, and so then the and EB3 is now at the field office and the EB2 is just, just sitting out there. Okay. Um, yeah. The fact so the that EB2 it's moved to the field NBC. office for me is a good thing. 
Okay. Okay. So the fact that it's moved to the field office for me is a good thing. Uh, that means we're pretty close to approval. So don't take that as a promise, but generally that's, that's what we see. So this is may of what happened. Um, or let me say one thing and then I'll say kind of what I think probably happened. You don't need to do an interfiling. Reason being is you already have an EB2 out there. So there's nothing that you're really interfiling to, right? If anything, you're just going to give yourself two EB2 cases. I think you should keep an EB3 and an EB2. And so that's just one thought. So don't, you don't need to do an interfiling. What I think likely happened is one of two things. And this is what we're seeing. Option one or, or occurrence one is that when your GC was, when your final action date was still current under EB3, USCIS likely allotted you the visa then. And just because of simple manpower, couldn't get to your case to actually approve it. And so they're, they've approved you under EB3 months back, and now they're just finally getting it to the officer's desk to approve you. Oh, so that's actually, occurrence one. Uh, my priority date is May 2014. So I, I was never current in EB3. You were never yes, current. Like, final action okay. was not current in EB3. Yeah. The, uh, the other is that they, on their own motion, have done an interfiling for you. They see that you have an EB2 approval out there. So they're just gonna take the EB2 I-140 that you've got, not the EB2485, just the EB2 I-140, and they're just gonna approve you under EB2. And so even though, yeah, you might have one already sitting out there at the NBC, and now we've got this you know, purported EB3 case in the California office, they're just gonna grab your EB2140, and I think that they're gonna approve it under the EB2. So that's that may be what's happening also. But the fact that it's moved to the regional center for me or the, the small office, for me, that's a good thing. And so just keep an eye out. You should, you know, knock on wood, be seeing the approval here shortly. Okay. So uh yeah, and I did not find medical with the EB3. Uh so mm. maybe I might get an RFE on that. Um, they'll RFE uh, you. They'll RFE yeah. you. And if they give you an RFE, what they're gonna what what we what we're seeing is that they're saying, hey, we're seeing that you have an EB2. Go ahead and tell us that you want us to use the EB2 approval and they're going to approve you under the EB2. So they might ask you to say, hey, give us the consent to do it. Uh, so just be on the lookout. But I would say now probably expect the RFE, like you said, because of the medicals. And in that, you can say, hey, I have an EB2 approval. Can you guys approve me under EB2? And what we're seeing is USCIS is happy to do that. And so um, shoot us an email if, if that comes across and maybe we can give you a little bit of guidance um, on what you need to do. But that's what I would say is the next step is look for that RFE. Okay. So my second question is uh, related to medicals. So the medicals, I, I, I uh, submitted medicals with the EB2485 uh, in April. Mm -hmm. uh, now I got a second copy recently from my doctor. Uh, it's basically the doctor has signed it, but my signature, it's a copy of the original signature. Basically, they took a copy of that and then they gave me the sealed envelope with that. Does that work as a, like, will that work if I send that medicals? If, if the, you got an RFE, if, if you just wanted to send it today on your own to say, hey, like, here's my medicals. Can you speed things up? I wouldn't mind it. If an RFE came, I would want you to get new medicals done because it's not worth the risk. Uh, to try to save a few dollars uh, when we can get the medicals done and, and know that everything is taken care of and we don't have these questions of, is this okay? We know it's okay, right? That, so that's my view. And we'll take, uh, if that's the end, we'll take one more. Vijay? Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. So I have uh, uh, two questions. Uh, mine is a typical EBT, EB2, EB3 case. And I have EB2, I-140 approval and EB3, I-140 approval as well. And I filed uh, uh, I-485J 
uh, got the receipt on uh, August 29th. Uh, sorry, July 29th. And on August 29th, what I see is, you know, my dependents file is moved to a different office and it says the case is moved there and it is uh, in their jurisdiction. However, my uh, my I-485 is still, uh, uh, it says as uh, received uh, fingerprints. Uh, so will they be getting an approval before me or is it independent of me? And uh, No, so you'll... You'll be getting it first, but the fact that they've been split off, don't let that cause you any concern. Because of just workload purposes, they're taking and they're consolidating all the principles in kind of a few different places. And then they're sending the beneficiaries kind of out as a as a trip switch. As soon as you know these people approve, the trip switch goes off and then the dependents are approved. So that's likely what happened. So so when it says a different office for a jurisdiction, is it like a field office or because I got two transfer notices uh, for them. It could be. It could be. Um, without seeing it, I, I really couldn't tell you. But okay. whether it's going to like the three big centers or to the national or to some uh, of the regional sub offices, don't let that uh, one yeah, or the other two, two, give you any concern. Two back to back transfer notices within a gap of two days mm -hmm. for them. And uh, uh, mm -hmm. so my second question is, you know, uh, with I went for I four eighty five J. Uh, does it mean that you know the transfer of underlying uh, benefit is also moved, or is it is it by implicitly moved? It's not moved. Uh, so you really won't know. There, there, this is kind of one of the unfortunate issues with like interfilings and transfer of the underlying benefits and the four eight five Js receipts. All that really tells us is they've received the request. It doesn't mean that they've accepted the request or they've moved on their request. Typically, what we see is that when we get the receipt, they are moving on their requests. But when they came out with all these regulations, they did leave themselves some wiggle room saying, hey, this isn't an approval or an KO of anything. It's just an acknowledgement that you've asked. What we're seeing is that the acknowledgement sort of is the approval, but don't take that as the hard promise. Um, generally, the practice is once the receipt's given, they're, they're okay to move the things, but they do have their own wiggle room, of course. Um, but if you've got the receipt, I would say everything's taken care of. Or at least one in the process thing. of being taken care of. Go ahead. Yeah, one last thing is I didn't file uh, the, the medicals yet, waiting for you know for an RFP. So do you see you know mm -hmm. chances of getting approval before the end of this month? If you haven't got the medicals yet, I wouldn't be optimistic. Or I'm sorry, if you haven't got the RFE for the medicals, I wouldn't be optimistic that they're approving it. Okay. Um, so just I don't want to give any bad news before the weekend, but yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> short time span that we've got. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be optimistic on that one. Thank you very much for you and Rahul and all the team. Thank you. Sure, thanks, PJ. Have a good weekend. All right, everybody. Thank you. thank you so much. We'll speak again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, Janelle. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.